This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm so excited to see you. see each other virtually the funniest thing about like us recording this podcast virtually is the fact that i'm in my closet but also the fact that sound check takes about 30 fucking minutes more than it never did before because i suck at technology and jen has bad connection (laughs) well you know what i used to be really good at technology i think it's getting ahead of me Yeah, right. Like it's like I'm telling you, I used to be a pro, and like all of a sudden, technology has just like jumped, and I am now an old lady who doesn't know what I'm doing. Actually, there's a woman who lives next door, and she asked me to help her set up her iPad. Oh no! So I took both of her iPads because I had to like transfer one over to the other. I think I erased all of this. Oh my God. I was just about to be like, wow, Jen, that's actually the nicest thing I've ever heard you. I I feel like you aren't someone who typically does like annoying favors for strangers. Well, if someone asks, totally. I am in. I don't like where I'm like, let me fix your iPad for you. Oh, is that something I would do? (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. You'd be like, hey, your iPad, I'll come fix it. Um, So anyway, it's quite possible that I deleted the information on one of her her iPad. So it's going to be a really tough conversation I'm going to have to have with her. Like like family pictures? Like what do you think you deleted? I don't know. I don't know. I think I can fix it hopefully. Just just You didn't you didn't like back that shit up? Like you didn't oh, I did and then I had to restart it. So like I don't... But it's got to be on the cloud. Right? The cloud holds everything. I still don't understand what the cloud is all these years later, right? It's floating. It's floating somewhere in the air. With all of, the all of our with all of our information that everyone has access to. My favorite is like um those memes that it's like my FBI agent must be really bored with me today. Like yes, <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> like especially like the past six months, everything being virtual. Like our FBI agents are just like fuck my life. <laughs> yes. 
welcome back to Shrink Chicks. Yo, guys, uh, I forgot we're doing a podcast. Again. Um, (laughs) But the government's watching us. Okay. So, Family (laughs) Dynamics Part 4. We, at some point, will rename these to a better name. Why don't you guys tell us what they should be named? This week is Strained Family Relationships. Maybe that should just be the name of it. The name and of it. I think this is a really good one because we have gotten so many questions oh my gosh. about this. Yeah. Because everyone has some sort of strained family relationship. Absolutely. So let's get into it. All right. So let's do it. So welcome to Strained Chicks. I am M. I'm Jen. And we can't wait to have you here. Okay. When to know, so Jen, first question. Ready. I'm so ready. When to know to keep fighting for a better relationship with your parents or just accept it? I don't know if there's like it's not a black or white decision right so there's not like oh I don't know I guess if there's a like if there's like a significant amount of abuse or there's something that happens we're just like you know what I I can't go back like let's say you come out to them and they choose to not accept you right so then maybe for you that is like um like such a rigid boundary like you can't come back that for but for a lot of us um emotional abuse or emotional corruption is way more covert so it's harder to tell especially if you're someone who has dealt with it for a long time you've probably learned to doubt yourself and your own thoughts and your own intuition so you'll doubt yourself with this as well I think I think also there's like this idea that we get in our heads of like what our relationship with our parents should look like right we get it from like media we get it from our friends um And okay, you know, maybe if I do this differently, I will have a stronger relationship or my relationship will be different. The tough thing is that like, you don't have control over your parents, right? You don't have control over how they're responding or reacting to things. All you have control over is yourself and the way in which you communicate your feelings. So even if they don't have the capability of doing something different, and obviously, you know, Emily spoke to an ex, uh, kind of an extreme of it, if there is abuse, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a whole other topic. But, you know, even in just, just smaller, different dynamics, if, if they don't have the capability of responding to it differently, you have the capability of responding to it differently. And if it's something, I think really also recognizing, like, how is it affecting you, right? Yeah. Like, how is your relationship with them or trying to hold on to a relationship with them that maybe isn't working, how is that affecting you? To take a few minutes to think about that. Um, If you find that holding on to this idea of what your relationship should look like is consistently hurting you over and over again. Or the idea that they're going to change, right? I mean, I think all of us have hope, right? That like our parents are going to be who we want them to be or who we needed for a long time. And I think we keep chasing for them to give it to us when really that's like we start talking about this process of reparenting ourselves mm-hmm. because you really can't always get it from your family and yeah. I think it's like it, it's sometimes chasing after and then continuously disappointing yourself when they just keep showing up the same way that like isn't helpful I think it's hard to recognize too that like our parents are imperfect human beings you yeah. know like growing up we want to believe that they, you know, know what they're doing, all, know what they're doing, <laughs> have it all together. And the fact of the matter is they really don't. And in a lot of cases, they haven't worked on their own shit and it comes out in their relationship with their kids, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and so I think I, also the other part is usually they do better than their own parents. So they think right? that it's enough, right? They're like, I'm doing great. Yeah. Which is like totally accurate, right? Like, and your parents may love you the way that they know how, and it still may, may not be the way you need. Right. Right. So 
that's our gray answer to that. I think when people well, ask I think this when you question, it down, when you break it down to how much more can you take? It, yeah. I think, I think it good. is about you. It's less about keeping up appearances or keeping up with the Joneses or doing the right thing. It's more about at what point am I sacrificing myself and continue, right. continuously hurting myself? Right. Like what's that your tolerance level? Exactly. Right. And so, and that's what I mean. So different types of boundaries can set that up. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I, think people, for, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think when people ask these questions, like I so wish, I mean, I, I wish this in therapy too, that I could give people this like answer that just like changes their lives. You're like the third Tuesday of the month. That's the yeah, like, that's what you get. That's, that's the exact it. time to do it. But unfortunately all of our answers are, are going to be great because everyone's different. Everyone's relationships are different. Also everyone's tolerance levels are different for yeah. what they can handle in their, and their expectations for the relationships are different. So that's why our answers are always so gray and you have to really figure out what works for you and your relationships. Yeah. Okay. How did I feel guilty after going no contact? Family drama is so sad and upsetting. Oh, my heart just like sunk. Here's the thing. Um, once again, we wish there was a magic recipe for not feeling guilty. I think you're just going to feel guilty. And I, I think-, think we're so programmed to do whatever is our family rules yes. that it's so hard to go against that. So if we cut off contact, it is like, it's like, feels like it's betraying your blood. Yeah. And you, you question yourself of like, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? And also sometimes when you cut off contact, it's easier to be, to question whether it really was as bad as you experienced it to be. You know what I mean? You, it's almost like if you break up with an ex and you're like, oh, you know. Yeah. Like, like so ro- looking back with rose colored glasses, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. Exactly. And so, you know, your, your mind is, is seeking that connection in some way that, and, and we start to idealize these relationships that maybe and maybe that idealization of the relationship wasn't ever really there. Um, and so maybe it's something to think about is like, what connection do you feel like you're missing, right? Like, can you find that connection with others, right? Can you find, and of course it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be what you expected, but you know, the question of how to not feel guilty, I think that's the same as like how to not feel anything is that like, we just are going to feel how we feel, right? It's very, it's a nat- very natural feeling to feel guilty. Of course, it's like very uncomfortable. Um, but I think also to just recognize that you made that decision for a reason and um, you get to keep reassessing it and saying, is this still something I want? Is the relationship going to change? Um, but to just acknowledge your guilt and say, it's okay for me to feel this, like this is really tough. It is really tough to go into no contact, you know, when to make that decision because, yeah. you know, we, of course, that's, that's really hard. It's not something we um, choose for our relationship to be like that. And I think it's also this important thing of like, what do you have set up for yourself to take care of yourself? And this is why so many people find such an importance of chosen family right? yes. or created family. Yes. Right? And so when you have like a created family or a chosen family, then you're able to get that support in a different way. And not everyone wants that or feels comfortable with that. So it's, it's important for you to say, if I take something away, we think we talk about the same thing with negative coping skills, right? And when I say negative coping skills, I don't actually believe that coping skills are negative, but we'll say like less healthy ones, right? So if I have a client come in that um, is involved in like cutting or some type of self-harm, I don't take away 
that Cobain seal until it's replaced with something new. Positive. It's right. too much, right? So I'm not going to say you can't cut anymore. I'm going to say, all right, let's, so let's talk about like what the cutting gets you and how does right. it make you feel? And so I think it's important to say when I take something away, what am I doing in my life to then yeah. take care of myself alternatively? It's like I can't just fucking dry turkey and then avoid it. Right. And it's like when people <laughs> so- dry turkey. I don't cold turkey. But like turkey tends to be pretty dry, right? Am I turkey right? Turkey sucks, dude. Turkey is the fucking turkey worst, right? Worst. Like, why do we eat it for Thanksgiving? I mean, like, well, why? Thanksgiving's the worst. Like, <laughs> God, it's the worst. Wait. It's so dry. Like, Except for I, but I like a turkey sandwich. Well, that's like a deli meat. I like deli meat. <laughs> I love it. said dry turkey. I'm totally changing the saying to that. That's incredible. Turkey's always dry. Um, it's always dry. So cold turkey. Oh my God. So if you <laughs> go slather it up with some gravy. Okay. So like the new oh, gravy is fire. slathering it up with some gravy, right? That's a, that doesn't, I don't think it connects. No, I know. I'm trying. I'm really trying hard. But I think, I think, I mean, you're speaking to the fact that, um, you know, it's almost like when there's an addiction, right? Like alcohol is being used as a coping mechanism and you can't take alcohol away unless you're going to replace it with something else. Um, and so, so that it makes so much sense to like find your chosen family and maybe it doesn't look like the type of family that you see socially or that you expected, but you need to replace some of those connections that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. Next up. Dry turkey. Dry turkey. <laughs> Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. 
Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. How to, <laughs> how to grieve. This is sad. Don't laugh, Emily. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> It's the, the dry turkey gotcha. <laughs> okay. People were probably like, oh, like, how do they have so much fun as therapists? Their jobs are so sad. And the yeah. answer is literally, we, we would hurt ourselves if we were <laughs> able to find some light lace. I think it's, like, really common that, like, therapists and nurses have, like, really dark senses of, like, sense of humor. Yes. And it's, like, yeah. totally a trauma coping well, skill. Like, well, yeah, it's a coping skill. So is that, like, a positive coping skill, right? Like, you could say, um, okay, if it's done in your own emotions. Yeah, if it's done in an appropriate setting, right, with awareness, then it's not. If I was to laugh in my session with with a client's trauma, then it's fucked up. Yeah, totally. Not the time, not right? The time. Well, it's almost, it's almost like, you know, how people like nervously laugh, like at funerals and shit. At funerals, like when yeah. everyone's really quiet and we're taking a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. But like, where is that? Sorry, I'm getting into like a deep, deep. I'm getting it. Come from you? Yeah. Like, where does that come from? Like, is the intensity of the emotion too much? Yeah. I mean, our deep seated. I mean, like, I would say as a society, we're not like fucking awesome at feeling our feelings, right? No. We're we're yeah, and we're super awesome at invalidating, uh, minimizing other people's and invalidating other people's feelings. So of course, we would do it to ourselves. Um, And Jane, like you and I aren't, you know we don't escape this either (laughs) no no not at all which is why i became therapist so we can sit in your feelings and not in our own and not Um, in our own saves us every time (laughs) because we feel so much um okay okay back on topic okay well you talked about funerals let's talk about grief somebody asked him how to grieve what you hoped your relationship with your parent would look like yes and we talked about this earlier yeah i think i think this is a really 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 important one because i think a lot of people go through this on a daily basis and i i think that the fact that this person is even saying how to grieve what grieve it is that the fact that you've even acknowledged that it can't necessarily be the relationship that you expected it to be is a huge step to begin with yeah Right, because sometimes people spend their whole lives trying to make their relationship with their parent into the expectation that they have in their head, um, or that they hope that it would be, and they just spend so much time putting effort into something that doesn't change. So, I have to give kudos to this person who has already acknowledged that, you know, maybe this relationship isn't going to to be what they hope it's going to yeah. be. So. Um, it- 
And I would even give them, let's give them an activity. So here's something I would like say to my client. I would tell them to like, write it down, like write a story of like, if you were to come home and your family was exactly who you hoped they would be. Like, let's say that you're a 15 year old kid, you get off the bus, you walk in the house and your family is exactly who you want them to be. What happens? Do they show up and give you a big hug and there's cookies waiting? You know what I mean? Like, and if that's what you're creating and that's what you're grieving that thing, I would encourage you to do it for yourself. Mm. So when you get home from work or when I say in this day and age, you move from one room to the other at the end of the day, um, <laughs> change yeah. your, your daytime to your nighttime pajamas, I would walk in and I would give yourself a huge hug. Yes. When we talk about giving really big hugs, you might want to also think about um, a technique from EMDR therapy, which a butterfly hug, where you hold yourself in and you put your, um, these are called palms on your <laughs> bicep. Is that what this muscle's called? I think so. Hard to say. And, yeah. And mo- maybe I'll put it on Instagram. But you can Google butterfly hug. Okay. And so you would like hug yourself and give yourself some tapping and go through there. And so like give it to yourself. Like what, so then at the end of the day, do you give yourself a nice thing of hot chocolate? Do you give yourself that hug? Do you give yourself those things that you truly really wanted from your parents? And how does that feel to get them from yourself? What does that look like for you? And what's the next steps that you want to take away from that? So when you go into this idea of like grieving what it is, we can grieve that and then also give it to ourselves. To reparenting yourself. Yes, that's the right. right. Yeah. Like give, giving yourself the things that you need that you don't actually feel like you're able to get from your parent. And so, you know, grieving, it's it takes some time. I think also we're speaking to like allowing yourself to feel some of those emotions that are really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, that might come up that, yeah. you know, as you're writing down the things that you would want your relationship to be, um, that you're going to give to yourself or maybe, yeah. um, find in other ways that also accepting, you know, and, and letting yourself feel sad about not getting that from the people that you needed it from the most. And I think it's um, like, right. So we talk about like reparenting ourselves when it comes to like emotional love, but also like some of us who grew up at a home that didn't have a ton of like um, boundaries or structure. Like sometimes yeah. it's hard in adulthood to create that for ourselves. And sometimes we really actually need it. So one of the things you can also do is like, you can Google like tips, like tips for setting up a good workspace for your middle schooler, right? Like, and you're going to have to do these things for yourself. Like, so sometimes it's joy and unconditional love. Sometimes it's structure and discipline. Um, And these can like all be parts of like, what did I need in my childhood that I didn't get? And I think that, you know, as we're looking at this question, we're interpreting it as like, someone wasn't there for us or someone neglected us in some way or we yeah. needed more. Um, it also might be that your parent was needed too much from you as a child, right? Like asked too much from you or needed you to take care of them. Um, and so or also it was just that like there was circumstances. You lost a, an, um, a parent young to right. death or divorce. Right. So your other parent had to then make sacrifices to be there for you, right? Like we're not saying people bad. We're just talking about the reality of different situations. Right, right. Right, that are sometimes out of our control, right? Most Absolutely, of out of our control, and out um, of our parents' control. Right, right, and so, so, so it also might mean that boundaries that aren't necessarily there in your relationship with your parents now, right? Like, so if your parent is still relying too much on you um, for emotional comfort, maybe also 
a way of taking care of yourself or reparenting yourself is setting those boundaries for yourself, whether it's in your relationship with your parents or relationship with relationships with other people, right? If that's playing out in all of your relationships. So that's another way to really reparent yourself is that if those boundaries weren't there growing up, you can create them for yourself as an adult now. Mm, yep. Here we go. Okay. How to deal with the aftermath of gaslighting and scapegoating from family members after going no contact. Um, it's trauma work. Yeah. I think you do have to treat that as trauma, right? Like scape, like um, gaslighting especially is trauma, like what we call like maybe little T trauma for some people, big T trauma. Um, and so I think you have to like treat it as trauma work. That's something you're just supposed to get over. Mm-hmm. That's something you have to adjust to in your life and that you get support. And I do think that's the importance of you know, listening to this podcast is great, but you have to be an individual therapy. I was, I was literally, I was good. I was just get a therapist. I was just about to be like, listen, I know we're biased. This is my favorite thing to say. I know we're biased, but therapy would be so helpful. But a trauma informed therapist, like we have to like talk about that. Like trauma is very specific and you have to have a trauma informed therapist. And for your thing, like I know this is really hard and it's a privilege to sit here and talk about therapist shopping because if you are one in a rural area mm-hmm. where your insurance um is very have insurance or don't insurance. Uh, yeah, right. If you don't have insurance or insurance is very selective, what we're talking about like is a privilege and sometimes you don't have a choice. But if you have a choice in your provider, it's really important to make sure they do the work that you're talking about. Jen and I come from marriage and family therapy, a systemic background. So when we talk about this, it's from that lens and you want to make sure you find something that aligns with what you're looking for. And especially with, with gaslighting or scapegoating, you know, you were blamed a lot for, um, different things that happened, right. And you were told it was your fault. Um, and so the reason why we also recommend getting a therapist is, is to have that outsider's perspective who is not biased in the situation and can say, um, and can really highlight some of these things. The fact that there was gaslighting and there was scapegoating, um, I think is really, really important, which is why getting, having this like third party that is not biased, um, can be really, really helpful. My father has trouble expressing his emotions. He doesn't say I love you and it makes me feel neglected. Mm, of course. I want that from him, but I know people don't work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's First of all, it's totally okay you want that from him. We yes. want our parents to love us. We want our parents to express that. You are not bad. You are not needy. You are not pathetic. You are not overly sensitive. And what other bullshit? You're a human being. That's whatever other bullshit you have told yourself may be in your life. So I know what Jen's going to say. That, what am I going to say? that the person should tell their father they love them more oh my god wait how did you know i was gonna say that i just know you dude that is fucking that is what you would say that's literally the first well i mean i think that if you would say put yourself out there and you say i love you to him all the time right i mean maybe not all the time i would think i would say give it all the time constantly for him while he's in bed i would say give it a try and that you know when when People have, I I mean, men, you know, have not grown up in a society that really has supported their ability to express their emotions. Um, You know, it might speak to the fact that your dad, maybe your dad's parents never said that to to them, to him. Especially if it's a cultural thing, right? Like, and it's like also like a huge thing specifically if you're, I would love to know if this person's like first generation as well. Yes. Like if their parent was an immigrant and they're first generation because there is such a cultural difference mm-hmm. between like um, like especially like coming to the states i know not all of our listeners are in the states but 
And I, yeah. And so I think, I think it's pro- like, you know, if, if your dad never got it from their parent, his parents, then it might be a really vulnerable and comfortable thing to say. It's very possible that he tries to show you that he loves you in different ways yeah. that it's harder to pick up on. However, it sounds like the verbal, like it's necessary for you to hear it verbally, or it's important for you to hear it verbally. And so yeah. I wonder if you start incorporating it into your relationship where, you know, maybe at the end of your conversations, you're saying, okay, love you, dad, right before you hang up the phone. Um, I think sometimes the fear of that is that there's going to be some sort of rejection, right? Like you're putting yourself out there. What if they just hang up the phone? Yeah. Right. Like, or what if they just, like, would that hurt so much more? Right. Like, would that be painful? And so I just wonder if, if dad has, has difficulty being vulnerable or never heard it from his parents. Well, I think hard for him. I mean, everyone knows I love TikTok. I saw this great TikTok last week. I'm trying to find it. I'm, I have developed a new addiction to tiktok i know and there for so long i was like oh emily you love tiktok like ha 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 now like i get it you're like oh this is bad right so okay so i saw this great tiktok i'll try to find it and put it on our instagram and um this girl like came out and she was saying like you know like my whole life my dad like made me breakfast like made me like toast and fruit in the morning and he like always cut out my fruit really small and i like never really thought anything about it besides like he's weird about cutting and then she said like um you know 30 years later she's like her dad's having some health problems or whatever and she's making her dad food and her mom says to her um hey make sure you cut up his food really small that's like what his mom used to do and like that's how like he like, feels love and so this girl's like holy fuck every morning my dad was saying i love you with right. my fruit so i think love i should try to find it it's very lovely and she's like very that lovely. is really like, lovely yeah and i think it like goes to show is like there's so many different ways people show love and it's really really hard when it's not the way that we hear love yes and we so much desire the way we want to hear it and we miss out on the ways they're showing it to us so i would encourage this person to look for all the ways their dad is saying i love yes. you yes that isn't um verbal words. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about this in terms of romantic relationships with the five love languages um, as different ways that, that in our relationships, we show that we love each other. But I wonder if it would be really helpful for that to, to come out in like familial relationships too. Right. For like yeah, I know that they have apologies now. Like now you can do like your apology. Like, right. The apologies are really good. But I just think like to really understand, you know, if you really understood your parents' love language too, you know, that if their love language well, was- You could do the quiz with your parents. Right. Send it on I mean, over to them. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just not just for romantic love. You could do it right. with like one that's like your best friend, my, my, my Jen, um, nice. <laughs> his partner. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on the accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. I don't do even you know what your love language is. What do you think it is? It's words of affirmation. You love totally. things to you. Yeah, totally. And I'm good at saying sweet things, which really not my, maybe that's why our relationship works. Do you think yours is words of affirmation too? I don't think it is. Have you taken the quiz? I don't want to admit that I haven't on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here is my issue with any of those quizzes. They're all self-report and I am not good at being authentic as, enough on the internet to be like, oh, like I just say what I think that the internet wants me to say. Like That's really the problem. And also it asks you to buy a book at the end of it. So it just feels like a little, <laughs> little bit pushy. I don't want to admit right now, but- That's like all quizzes. They all, and because uh, I think the tough one is gifts. Actually, that might be your love language. Gifts, you yeah, think? Gifts. I give a lot of gifts, but I'm not really great at receiving gifts. Oh, so well. Yeah, but I'm you're really good so at giving good. gifts, and I'm really good at saying nice things. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what mine actually is. I'm very, I'm, I'm on, I listen, guys, I don't know, I'm going to be honest, I'm great at all of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of love to give. You've, you have a lot of love. Yeah, yes, but I also have a lot of love to give, and giving a love A lot of love to give, exactly. My mom so, said that for me since I was, like, born. She said that I That is like, so nice. Yeah, so I think and that's is, easier for me. Is it hard if people don't give the same love back? I think it always was for a really long time, but now I do not think so. Right, because you've, like, worked through it and you understand yes. it. Yeah. Totally. That makes so much sense. So maybe end of the day, this person can send their dad the love language quiz. <laughs> I don't know. I want to know what they end up doing though. I hope they tell us. Yeah. Yes. Can you let us know? Just DM yes. us. Yes. Send us a DM, please. Okay. And just let how us do know. You, how <laughs> do you maintain and strengthen relationships with family when you're long distance? I think you would do it the same exact way as a romantic relationship. Intentional time together. 
we should have like a sound, like a side soundtrack, maybe like on a CD. Cause I don't think it's like worthy yes, to get I'm onto. sure people would love to buy a CD. Also, no one has CD players. Oh my God. That's so funny. My parents were cleaning out their house this weekend yeah. and my mom, I kid you the fuck not. My mom had like a stack of like 30 DVDs and was like, do you want these? And I was like, mom, where are you going to put them? <laughs> and she had VHSs. And I was like, where am I going to play these? And she's like, I thought you had a DVD player. I was like, who has a DVD player? But like our our songs definitely aren't like solid enough for like Spotify or anything. <laughs> I just think if we make like a mixtape, maybe one one person might enjoy now that, it. <laughs> now that's what I call therapy music. <laughs> five hundred. Could you imagine? I had the now one CD and I was so young. And I what, used. Do you remember who was on it? I remember like the last song was Sex and Candy, and Ooh, I endless. I would play it on my um, like boombox in my room, but like anytime it said sex, I was like, I can't, I can't let my parents hear this. So I'd like turn it down. <laughs> wow. I would have been the kid that was like, Mom, it said sex. It said sex. Take it away. I want everyone to know. Okay, so everyone we talked about before, like how hard this podcast is for Jen. Yes. Jen is currently recording in her parents' house. Oh she my is god. So anxious right now. She. <laughs> I, 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 I have for Jen to record as it is and then put her parents there like fucking see it. Oh my god I'm dying um and I was thinking about before this because I'm like this is a really good opportunity for self-reflection like why why am I so anxious what is so difficult about this for me what did you come to I came to the fact that my parents have really bad boundaries oh okay and so like this feels like giving they, you permission to well, they, your boundaries yeah well they just kind of like pop in places like they'll just kind of like walk in or they're um, and so my I parents think my, would have loved me as a child. A hundred percent. You might've been a different person. Like I might be so anxious and internal because their boundaries are yes. so diffuse. Right. So I have much stronger boundaries, um, and keep myself very internal because of that. So that was my self-reflection. And I had a conversation with them where I was like, can you guys, um, not come anywhere near the door, stay upstairs. I like really was very communicative and it helped me tremendously with my anxiety. She's so, dying yeah. inside. So yeah, guys, every podcast is a challenge for me. This one is especially challenging and I couldn't get my headphones to work. <laughs> which makes it And tough. honestly, your AirPods are like your security blanket. Oh my God. You have an emotional relationship. Have you named them? Oh, I should, should I name each of them like separate names or you think I should give them like one name? Probably separate names, right? Like Sally and Tally. And I feel really sad talking. I'm sorry. Wait, what were they? I don't know. Try and turkey. <laughs> Try and turkey. And I feel I'm really sorry we're talking about this because Emily lost her AirPods and, and yeah, she's fine. been having a really tough time. I had it for like a solid two fucking weeks, which is honestly more than I thought I'd keep them. And if anyone listens to this podcast, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. That bitch couldn't find them. Oh, R- like, R- <laughs> R- <I mean. laughs> All right, guys, remember when we were doing a podcast about. Okay. How to maintain a strength relationship. Okay. So it's intentional time, which is super uncomfortable and very hard to carve out, but it doesn't have to be like every Friday. Like it could be like attempting. And I think it's also like lowering expectations. Like a lot of times you're going to reach out and people aren't going to be able to talk to you. But I also like, I'm a huge fan of snail mail. I'm a huge fan of- You're so good at snail mail. I'm very good at snail mail. Like, like sending a card over or doing something small and kind. Um, and I think also, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, maybe fortunately, this is like when social media comes in. So like you might have to ask your family to get on social media for you to get on social media. Yes. And it doesn't have to be serious, guys. Send fucking gifts, send articles, send whatever, and try to not talk about anything too rough. 
And I think, I think too, like working with what feels best for you communication wise, like some people are not phone people. Some people it's like really hard to talk on the phone. It's easier to text or easier to FaceTime. So really working with what feels the most comfortable for you and what feels the most comfortable for others. Like I have a friend who just moved to Florida and she is very structured. Like she wants to- to Florida? My friend Carly. Oh, Carly. I, I know. Carly. She's I know. She's so sweet. Great. So she, but she's, she is so structured. Like she needs to, she's on time with things. She schedules things. I am the opposite of a scheduler. <laughs> That's so <true>. she, <laughs> so she, she wants to schedule FaceTime. She wants to schedule, schedule our calls. That is so hard for me. But off the bat, I am very communicative <laughs> about the fact that that's hard for me. Um, and so we work with it. And so I think as long as you're open and honest about what works for you in terms of your communication, sometimes people who um, are more introverted, um, it's easier for them to text, right? And so it, you don't necessarily have to like call. I call everyone on the phone? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I hate texting. Exactly. So that's why, that's why you have to work with what feels the most comfortable for you and really communicate, right? So like you can let people, listen, I hate talking on the phone. There's nothing to do because pe- people take it personally. If you're like, I'm ignoring this and I'm never going to answer you again, right? And it's not your responsibility to make sure they don't take it personally, but just to be very open and honest about what works best for you, right? So like when we're in this long distance relationship, texting is going to be much easier for me or FaceTime is going to be much easier for me. Um, And so I think just being open and honest about what works the best for you in terms of your communication too is really, really important. Um, All right. My boyfriend's sister-in-law has been in the family for 15 years. I've been here for two, but still struggle with inclusion. Help. Some fit. My boyfriend's sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. I'm making a family tree in my head. Okay, I got it. Yeah, okay, right. Does that make sense? Okay, so I've been here for two and it's still struggle with inclusion. You know, this is like, let's, have we talked about rubber fence boundaries? (laughs) No, absolutely not. We have not. Some families have rubber fence boundaries and I want you to all envision a fence made out of rubber. It might look like you can walk through it, but you can get fucking pulled and snapped right back the fuck out that back like a like a slingshot like a slingshot right we'll call it slingshot fence boundaries that probably is a better description right <laughs> and so i think that sometimes one i think it's hard to come into a family someone's been there 15 you've been two that's really difficult i would be interested to know um what the relationship is how, what kind of effort she makes is the family struggle to let new people in and then i would like be interested to know like what actually is the boundary system that this family has mm-hmm. like the, sometimes families are very protective and like mm-hmm. really um hold on to like the like you gotta be haze for like 10 years exactly like it might <laughs> take it might take a little Easy. bit of time I would also be curious um, what this brings up for you internally. Oh. It sounds like this is really hard. Understandably. Like how so. rejecting does it feel for you? Yeah. Like, does it feel rejecting? Are you feeling left out? Right. Like that can be very triggering feeling left out of the And family. then they can, but they, then they can also feel that energy on you when you're right. with them. Right? right. So like maybe you're like highly anxious around them and they can feel that and it causes them to like create a little space. Right. So maybe give yourself, if you're going over there and that anxiety is coming up for you, give yourself a little bit of time to like recognize what am I feeling? What's going on for me? Um, 
And how can I work through that or comfort myself in these moments or ground myself in those moments when I am feeling left out um, so, so that I can feel like I can be fully myself in this situation and to know that if you don't feel included, it, it is not personal to you, right? It has something to do with the family's boundaries, um, only being there two years, whatever's going on for them. Because typically we would take that pretty personally, right? Like not feeling included and seeing that your boyfriend's sister-in-law is, is included, welcomed into the family. So it might just take some time and it might just take a lot of self-soothing. Mm. Good. Easy. All right. Parents coming to terms with their own anxiety later in life as you are dealing with your own help. Okay. First of all, I think that's phenomenal. They're coming to terms yeah. with their own anxiety. That's incredible. But I wonder if you're getting made into their therapist or something, right? Like I'm, I'm, there must be somebody yes. you're writing in because there's something bad that feels overwhelming for you. Yeah. Like, okay. Right. So, that, so if, if you're being triangulated into that or they're coming oh. to terms with their own anxiety and they're expressing it to you, right? Or and putting it on you and fix or it. Or putting it on you. If you're someone who's very empathetic or you pick up on your parents' emotions very easily, then it might heighten your anxiety tremendously. So this is where boundaries come in, right? Oof. It is so wonderful that your parents are coming to terms with their anxiety, working through it. However, it is not your job to take that on. And it's not your job to be their therapist. It is your job to work through your own anxiety, just as it's their job to work through their own anxiety, right? And so something you can say if they're coming to you and saying, oh, I'm really anxious about this, this, and this, um, to say, thank you so much for telling me. I really think it's important that you work through that with someone um, or you learn ways to self-soothe. Um, I need to take care of myself and I need to take care of my own anxiety or in any way that that feels comfortable yeah. for you. Typically, typically when I'm like mimicking how to say things, it sounds so therapeutic. Like no one talks like that. <laughs> so what would you say? Personal versus professional. What would you I, say? Like I personally- You would, would talk like that. that. Totally. So yeah, I don't know. Like that's the thing, right? So like sometimes it sounds like so professional, but like sometimes we have to kind of put on that mask in really hard conversations. Hard conversations are fucking hard. Hard. They're so difficult to have. And I think that there's a part of like, if you're preparing for a hard conversation, giving yourself a therapeutic script can be really helpful. You'll most likely not stick with it anyway, but sometimes writing it out like that can be really helpful. Now here's when it's not. Then when that person comes back and said, oh, would you learn that in therapy? Oh, I, I feel like I just sounded like Donald Trump. Was, <laughs> and your this. fingers, you can't see your fingers or fingers are like kind of. You learn that in therapy. Okay. So when someone comes <laughs> like that, one, first of all, it's gaslighting. <laughs> should, I say, should we end the episode now? Yeah, I think this is where it ends. That's incredible. That and dry turkey. <laughs> and now the episode's over. So. <laughs> So people can come at you and they can minimize you and like gaslight you for that. And that's kind of when you know, like, fuck yeah, I did it. Like, and right. then you get to say, actually, I did. I did learn that in therapy. Yeah, like uh, I did. And I think, the I think you could I really benefit from it. <laughs> I, thank you for recognizing and acknowledging all the skills I've been working on. I feel really great about that work, you know, like you that's know okay. But that response is really just a difficulty with the other person being vulnerable with themselves, right? Like you're approaching it in a very vulnerable way. Well, and if somebody um, in your life hates you going to therapy, there's a reason why. Exactly. It's, it's too hard. It's too hard to get into it. Um, and so, 
So I think that like really, and, and that might take grounding yourself before you go into the conversation, right? Because anxiety is totally contagious. I was saying, you know, when coronavirus first started that like the anxiety of coronavirus is more contagious than actual coronavirus because <laughs> anxiety in general is very contagious, right? Have you ever been in a room with someone who you could just can feel is highly, highly anxious and you're like, why do I feel so tense all of a sudden? Yes. <laughs> oh, you asking me? Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, it was a rhetorical question because I know that we. <laughs> I know, um, but you can just feel it. So, and as your parents' child, right? Sometimes we're even more sensitive to what our parents are feeling, just because we've spent so much time, and the dynamics are so intense there. So, it, you might be even more sensitive and overwhelmed by it sensitive to it. Um, and so, so I think really grounding yourself, self-soothing before you're entering into that conversation to be able to say these things, um, is really, really important, but setting those boundaries is essential. You are not their therapist and they need to be able to self-soothe. If you don't set those boundaries, then they will believe that they can continue to put it on you or continue to talk to you about it. And you will have to continue to take on their anxiety. So setting those boundaries is essential for you, your relationship and your self-care. Mm. Boom. Mike, Mike drop. That's it. Now imagine ending the episode. Dry okay. But also you put on a beautiful headband in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of this episode. Thank you. you I said adorable. I'm, I'm going to use the same joke I made earlier about this. Yeah, headband, like, which is like, I feel like when I wear this headband, it made me look like I really cared who I lost my virginity to. Like, I just feel like I... <laughs> you do. It looks like you're going to frolic in a field and maybe I collect some like flowers. And There is a purity to this headband. Thank yes. you. Yes. It's just it's so... Not, and not just that I badly need a haircut. <laughs> It looks gorgeous, though. Thanks. But yeah, listen, we're going to end on that note. My headband, dry turkey being a human in a family's heart but love you guys uh next week's episode is i don't remember what <laughs> we don't know just hang in there with us guys we're oh hanging no that's not true oh next you know what episode is? is the freckled foodie oh my oh, god yes. we're so excited yes oh my god if you do not follow the freckled foodie you need to follow her she's amazing follow her on instagram her tiktoks are fucking awesome we cannot watch, wait to talk about amazing delicious wonderful food and great body image are two favorite things in the whole world um and we're we're pumped to have her on so excited all right well we love you guys we love you thanks for hanging in there with us dry turkey dry turkey